eliminate one inanimate object from existence, what would it be and why? Oh. <laughs> Like, I have an object. <laughs> There's gotta be something you wish just didn't exist. Yeah, I mean, okay, here's my one and okay. Yeah, so in the bathroom upstairs here in the suite where I live at the BCM, um, we have this fan. And the fan sounds like a jet engine. And if I could eliminate one inanimate object, it would be that fan. Because I, if I'm going to sleep at night and someone's in there taking a shower, like you feel like the room's about to like take off in here. So it would be that fan and that one specifically. Not okay. all fans, just that one. Just the one that sounds like a jet engine. But you're in the Air Force RTC, so that's kind of contradictory. Yeah, but I don't want to fly. <laughs> so like, not really. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Hey y'all, welcome back to BC in the AM. I'm Taylor. Ellie is not here today, unfortunately. She's got homework or something like that. Um, <laughs> but I am joined with Evan Ellison, and um, today's going to be a little different. We're going to, um, he's going to share a little bit of his testimony, but we're going to do more of a um, topical uh, series type episode on the bondage of man's opinion and how he is, has found freedom in Christ from that. So, um, but before we get into all that, would you like to just introduce yourself? Tell us, you know, what year you are, what you're studying, hobbies. Yeah, for sure. So, um, like Taylor just said, my name is Evan Ellison. I'm a sophomore here at the University of Tennessee, and I'm studying industrial engineering. Um, I love to read uh, really anything. So, like, the romance novels, like, all of that, like, you know, <laughs> I'm reading one right now. It's definitely a rom-com, but I oh don't care. Uh, so as your fun fact about me, I will read a rom-com book or a Nicholas Sparks book. Um, I also love to run and I play pickleball. Pickleball. I love pickleball too. Evan actually got me into pickleball. That's a fun fact. Um, I never coined you for a rom-com. Yeah. Well, this is the first one that I've read that, so I've read one Nicholas Sparks book. Um, can't even remember the name. I just remember like being extremely corny and being like, okay, but like also some part of me was like very much enjoyed the corniness of it. So <laughs> I, there was a book on my recommended reads list that, um, and that's what I'm reading currently. It's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, it's giving me the same like super corny like vibes as Nicholas Sparks. So that's probably why I'm still reading it. It won't be memorable at all. Like most rom-coms, but like, you know, it's just, just, entertainment. It's just entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Um, all right, so you want to start and just tell us your testimony, how you came to faith in Christ. Um, yeah, anything you want to share there? Sure, yeah. So I grew up in the Methodist church. Um, my mom and dad were big spiritual influences in my life, my mom more so than my dad. Um, as I got older, kind of just having grown up in church, I didn't really, I never really, I didn't take like the initiative to make my faith my faith. Um, and so I just kind of was in that place of like, I'm going to church and I'm a Christian, like, and that's like, that isn't your salvation, but in my brain, I was like, yeah, I'm safe. Like, we're good here. Um, I got to my sophomore year of high school and was at a conference, actually, Hearts on Fire. So if you grew up in, like, a Baptist youth group, um, you've definitely been to that. And so hopefully you know what I'm talking about. But at Hearts on Fire, we had a speaker who basically asked us, like, what does it look like to take ownership of your faith? And that just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I remember sitting there and feeling like a fake because – I just thought I was a Christian. 
Um, I was known as a Christian in my high school. Like I had that label, but I wasn't actually a Christian. I felt like, like such a heretic. Mm. Um, but he did an altar call. And so, um, I ended up like just kind of stomaching the butterflies and standing up and responding and giving my life to Christ. And the first thing my youth pastor said to me, which he really didn't even know my like, uh, quote unquote story at this point was don't think people will think you're a fake because you stood up, Mm. um, and gave your life to Christ. Say, don't live in that reality of that just because you look like a Christian where it doesn't mean you were a fake. He said, you've just taken the right step like forward, basically. Um, and honestly, that's a pretty good segue into our topic um, mm-hmm. in terms of the bondage of man's opinion. So that's something I've dealt with since, uh, gosh, I was not necessarily really little, but definitely since I was like a early teen, maybe like since I was 13. Um, and the biggest moment where I found freedom in Christ from that was in my salvation, which I mean, like praise God in that sense. And that should be true for everybody is like the moment you're saved, you should find freedom in Christ. Um, but quite literally, like if there's a definition for my testimony, it is freedom from the bondage of man's opinion. Yeah, that's awesome. That is a great segue. Um, yeah, it would take a lot of like courage to, to stand up when like you, all the people around you are like, Oh, this guy's a Christian. And so it's just, um like fear of god over fear of man really in that moment so that's awesome um so in proverbs 29 it says fear of man will prove to be a snare but whoever trusts in the lord is kept safe um how have let's see how have you seen the fear of man to be a snare in your own life that kind of you kind of answered that there, but are there any other moments where you've seen the fear of man to be a snare, and and what does that look like? Yeah, for sure. Um, a great example of this uh, is my first semester in college here at UT. So I was leaving quite literally what was comfortable. Like uh, high school, I had um, I had good friends in high school. Um, they definitely weren't exactly like the best like Christian influences, but they were still there for me. And so I was really, really scared and nervous about coming to UT and uh, being a new Christian, especially at that time. I was kind of like, this is going to be a lot. Like I'm figuring out my faith. Like I've made it. My, I just now have decided to make it my own. Not that there wasn't a foundation there. Like praise God for that, mm-hmm. um, for my parents and pouring into that when I was young. But I was still like really trying to figure out what I believed and what it meant to be like a Christian and really own that faith in Christ. Um, and so in terms of the fear of man, like, I just remember thinking like I would show up here and that either one of two things would happen. Either the Lord would provide community, mm-hmm. um, which he so graciously did, or the thing that I was afraid of, which was really the fear of man is that I would be rejected for being a Christian and be rejected for my faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really that kind of led to my, honestly, some of that fear led to my involvement here at the BCM. I, I my youth pastor was like, yeah, we have students there. You just go get involved there. And so like, I knew when I was coming to UT, I was like, okay, I'm getting involved with the BCM. Like I didn't visit any other campus ministries. Like I was like, I'm coming here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but still even in that, like showing up here, I was afraid of like, like, what if I just don't fit in? Like, you know, like sometimes like we just, as people, we just don't mesh super well. And so I would, that was a fear of mine too. And really there was just no substance to it. It was just literally, I was afraid of just not having any sort of community. And um, I showed up and I remember the first conversation my roommate and I had when I lived in a dorm for the first month-ish of school. Uh, he asked me about my faith and we had like this huge discussion on like, 
what it looks like to be a college student and involved in the local church mm-hmm. while away from your church back home and like how do you navigate that and figure that out um and so really that was just a huge picture of like god being who he says he is you know jehovah jireh like the lord will provide and so he provided that and like the day one like had moved in my mom had maybe been gone 30 minutes and that's the first thing we talked about mm-hmm. and i was like okay lord like I should have trusted you. Like, it was just a huge, like, it wasn't necessarily like a slap in the face. It was more like, you need to wake up and you need to stop sitting in fears of things that you don't need to be afraid of. Yeah. I love that you said sitting in fear because the word snare, like implies, um, it it implies that you're like disabled and forces you to stay in the same spot. So if you had given into that fear of maybe not finding community or, um, you know, not fitting in, it would have kept you away you know, and that's, that's what that, that kind of fear does. But like fear in and of itself is not a bad thing. Like we're supposed to fear God. So really when we're fearing man, it's our, our fear is just misplaced. Yes. Yeah. So um, in Proverbs fourteen twenty seven, it says the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. And it's kind of like the opposite of that other proverb. So have you, um, how how have you seen fear of God to be different than the fear of man? Um, what's the fruit of that look like in your life? Gosh, that's a that's a weighty question. Um, yeah. I think the biggest thing to say about that is the difference is the fear of the Lord is the love of the Lord. And so, yes. like, if you dive into that and you look, like, you go back to Greek and Hebrew, like, when the Bible says fear, it is saying love. Mm-hmm. Um, and specifically in reference to, like, God, um, the fe- our fear of the Lord should just ignite in us this desire to draw closer to him because you know the bible says the lord's name is a strong high tower like why would you not want to sit in that place of safety with him um he'll ask you to do hard things and uncomfortable things but the lord is good and he is safe and he's trustworthy um the difference between that and man's opinion is that um the best example that like kind of preparing for this podcast that i can think of is like uh my for some reason my mind just went to like the titanic and like Mm. You know, we've all seen that movie and like everyone had all, they called her the unsinkable ship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone had their faith and their hope in this man-made thing that was quote unquote unsinkable, but man said it was unsinkable, right? And so if we as people are flawed and the Bible tells us we're in need of a savior, which is Christ, like we then can't have an opinion that is somehow perfect. And so our opinions are flawed, just like our sin nature causes us to be flawed. So um Fearing man's opinion is uh, really unproductive and it is a snare because you can sit in it and you can sit in this place of like worrying what people think about you or like, for example, I did worrying that like, although I was like had just recently discovered my faith and like knew who the Lord was, I wasn't fully trusting him to provide, even though one of his names is Jehovah Jireh. Like he says that about himself. And then he says, you know, if I clothe the lilies of the field and I feed the sparrows, like how much more will I then take care of you? And so if we have a God who says things like that, and then we go and choose to fear what man thinks about us, like you're just putting your hopes in a sinking ship. Um, And so that's why I said the Titanic is like, they said it was unsinkable, but really it was flawed. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when things come crashing down, the ship sank and just like, you know, when man's opinion all of a sudden is negative of you, it's really easy to feel hurt um, and to get down on yourself. And sometimes it can even lead to anxiety and depression. Like, um, and I've experienced that. And so I would just say like, focus your, efforts of your faith really on finding your identity in Christ and just not sitting in a snare of man's opinion or fear of what man thinks about you because it's a flawed 
perspective. Yeah, that's good. That's I want to like kind of pick out on one thing that you touched on. All of that was really good. Um, but I was going to, if you didn't bring it up, I was going to bring up how there is a link between what you fear and what you love. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is from a Desiring God article it's written by John Bloom. Um, but he says this, um, God actually designed us to be motivated, motivated by these emotionally powerful forces for they uniquely reveal what we love. The persons to whom we ascribe most authority to define who we are, what we're worth, what we should do and how we should do it is the person we fear the most because it is the person whose approval we want most. And then he goes on to say, God designed us this way for it reveals who and what our heart loves. This fear comes right from the place where our heart's treasure is stored. So that's a reference to Matthew mm-hmm. six twenty one, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It is a fear of losing or not obtaining something we really desire, which is why it wields such power over us. I thought, dang, like that's good. But you said it too, like it shows what you love and what you like, what you care about and where you're, who you're let, who you're letting define you. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you about is you mentioned how like, and in the Proverbs it says fear of God is safe, but that doesn't mean we're not going to be in hard situations. So can you talk on that a little bit about the difference in being kept safe by God, but that also not meaning that we're going to have a safe life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of my favorite examples in terms of that is actually like um, to get you to think like outside of like, like keeping the context of the Bible like in view, right? Um, everyone gets in a car, most people at least gets in a car every day and get, drives down the road, right? Like that's the most dangerous thing you do all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, and so jumping back into like the context of the Bible now that we've established, like you do something dangerous each and every day, right? Well, so even when you're driving that car, like the Lord is with you, right? And so your life is kind of like that vehicle. Um, and the Lord calls us to be vessels. And specifically, the Lord references us as broken vessels. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, broken things have to be repaired. And sometimes the things we go through in life, they break us apart. And the Lord makes and it creates a clean heart in us and a new creation out of that brokenness. Um, and so to do that, like you have to experience hard things. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the best examples in my own personal life of that is uh, my parents, they divorced when I was a junior in high school and gosh, like, um, I was saved two months before that happened. And so just oh, in the wow. timeline of my testimony, like saved two months before that happened. Um, and I just remember being like, wow, I have nothing left. Like, um, and like, honestly, what a lie that is of the enemy in the first place. Like if you're in that place of despair, like you don't have nothing left like you have the lord and that's absolutely everything um and so like you just can't anyway why i mentioned the car is like you just can't walk through life without experiencing hard things one way or another um like just like when you get in a car you accept the fact that you might crash like yeah it's just a dangerous thing so just by living life on the daily whether you're a believer or a non-believer like you are in dangerous situations um and you know one thing christ tells us is like they will hate you for my name's sake mm-hmm. um and so when you start behaving differently from the world um, and your frame of reference all of a sudden becomes the Bible, which is how we should view the world, like as Christians, we should have a biblical worldview, then, you know, it's an opposition to what the world wants you to be. And so in that case, when you are in opposition to what the world wants you to be, all the more like persecution things you will face. And so you will be put in more uncomfortable situations um, and the Lord will call you to do hard things because 
that's what the world needs. The world needs, you know, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And if the laborers are few, there are a lot of hard things to go around. Mm-hmm. You can't exactly just divide them all up among every single person on this planet because not every single person is a Christian. And so we are going to be, there's the Lord asks a lot of us, but he provides us everything we need to get through those hardships. Yeah. It's, it's like fearing God over fearing man is safe for your heart and your soul and your mind, but it's not safe for your physical earthly body. Correct. <laughs> and like in Matthew, these are, these are Jesus's words. He says, do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. <laughs> it's just pretty like, yeah, great reason to fear God right there. Um, but that's basically what you're saying. Like there's safety, there's safety, contentment and peace for your heart when you can place your fear in God rather than man. And even though like man may, man can do a lot to you. They can. Yeah. Like the Bible says, what can man do to me? Which in contrast to what God can do is not a lot, not a lot. Is, is the point. But man can do like a lot of physical harm, but they can't, if you really are putting your, your faith in Christ, your fear in God, like there's a, there's a peace that guards your heart and you have that contentment no matter what comes and what happens. Like we're not promised a danger free life by any means, but um, yeah. So how have you found that fearing God over fearing man is freeing? Like how, what, what, how have you just, yeah, speak on that a little bit. Well, if we are going back to like what we said about fear and like the, the difference between the fear of God being the love of the Lord and the fear of man is just, it's unfounded. Like there's no foundation in that because it's flawed. Um, now I would say the biggest thing that has to pour forth from that is that you have to find your identity in the Lord. Um, if what you love is what you value, right? Like if I say I love the Lord, then my identity must be found in him too. Like it can't just be like, oh, it's like 50% like in what man thinks of me and 50% of what God thinks of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and as people, like we're just, and even including my myself, like we're just incredibly indecisive. Yeah. Um, and so as Christians, like we really have to guard our hearts and honestly just fight prayerfully um, for us to constantly just take up our cross and die daily to ourselves. Um, and that's a prayer of mine, like almost every day, like I start the day with like, Lord, I need to pick up my cross today and I've got to die to myself. Otherwise, like I'm going to sit, um, I'll sit anxiously worrying about something in the future that doesn't even matter. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the Bible says we have a very present hope, not that we have a very past hope or a very, like, future hope. It says very present hope, which means our faith is also to be present. Um, and so when we start walking outside of that, we get anxious and we get worried. And we start putting, then we start wondering, like, Ooh, what do they think of that? Or, like, what if this doesn't go this way? Or, like, you put your hope in that one thing. And when that one thing doesn't happen, um, you know, things come crashing down. And you're like, man, I have nothing left. And so really what you become is like an identity amnesiac. You forget Mm -hmm. who you are in Christ and you forget your redemption and grace. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think like for me, I found that when I, when I feel myself starting to, to worry too much about what people think about me and making decisions based off of that, rather than my identity in Christ, I think about like standing before the judgment seat one day. Like I'm not going to stand before my friends or my family or my boss or anyone else. I'm standing before Jesus. I'm going to stand before God and give an account for everything that I do. And if he is speaking words of approval over me, then let the world condemn me. Like, yeah, (laughs) it doesn't matter. I like, I want the well done, you know, like I don't care if, 
man's opinion is fleeting and changing, but like if Jesus, if God has declared us righteous in Christ, then like that's who we are and that's what we, who we live for. Yeah. Um, sorry. You go ahead. No, you're good. That's awesome. Like that's, that's one of my biggest things when it comes like starting finding myself in that pit of kind of like worry and being like, like if I do this, how does this look? Or if I do that, how does that look? Um, and honestly, like this is such a corny phrase, but actually in my quiet time today, I was, this is something I was praying through is like, and I swear this is probably on some Hobby Lobby sign somewhere. So like, I guarantee you, like in somebody's laundry room, um, it, like, it's definitely over the washer and dryer. Um, but a prayer of mine, like rather consistently is like, Lord, remind me of whose I am and then who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, because like if I am Christ, right, um, then my identity is also found in him. Like if I'm if I, I belong to Christ, the Bible says we are made sons and daughters of grace, like and that's exactly, I guess back to exactly what you said. Like if, if man's opinion is like just this ugly thing that condemns us all the time, but the Lord says, well done, my good and faithful servant, then yeah, let the world condemn us. Like I would like, that is something that I would put my life on the line for it in faith. Like we're called to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this may be, you may have already answered this one too, but I'll ask it just in case you have anything to add. Um, this is actually a question Ellie submitted to me since she couldn't be here um when you find yourself falling into the trap of man's opinion what promise of god do you remind yourself of or said another way what has god promised before that he so graciously reminds you of mm. that's, a good, that's good that's a great question uh there's really in volume i can think of one way to answer it though um and it's funny because the verse is sitting right here out of my devotional that i did today but it's a philippians 1 6 um and if you're listening to this on your phone i would just or like you've got your bible in front of you and you're listening to this podcast like i would say just get out your bible and go read this path go go read the first chapter of philippians um and specifically pay attention to this verse and it says i am sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of jesus christ um and that is what I remind myself of on the daily. That and then Philippians 4, 8, which talks about thinking on things that are good, noble, just, holy, excellent, and praiseworthy. Um, if the Lord promises to bring the good work he started me to completion at the day of Christ, the first thing that I want to point out about that verse is that it doesn't say that you're not going to struggle with man's opinion, right? Mm-hmm. Like as people, we're going to struggle with that almost on the daily and rather constantly. Um but that promise is so reassuring because, you know, in the midst of my struggle, it reminds me, A, Christ is there with me in the struggle. God's not forgotten about me in my struggle with that. And that he one day will bring that to a close and completion. And I won't worry for that or struggle with that anymore. Mm-hmm. And so um, if you find yourself sitting in that, you know, worry over man's opinion, or you're really just like struggling to live out your faith because you're worried that, you know, you're going to be rejected for it. Well, one, that's a promise in the Bible that you'll be rejected for your faith. I mean, they rejected Jesus. Like you are promised that. Um, So I would first say, pray through that stomach down that fear and walk forward and pick up and carry your cross. And then two, be reminded that God will bring, like when he brings your life to completion and eventually creation as a whole, when he's, when he's redeemed a whole of creation in Christ, all the good works he started, will be brought to, brought to an end. Um, And honestly, that's a day that I just sit in anticipation for Mm-hmm. Um, because I can't wait to wake up and not really like, not really worry about what the world thinks. Um, and that's some, that's the, so me saying like, I would do that on a daily basis, but I won't have to fight that battle anymore. And there's rest and relief in Christ from that battle of the bondage of man's opinion. Yeah, for sure. 
um, it's like now on, on, on this earth, we get a little taste of that kind of freedom, but there's one, there's going to be a day where it's like the freedom is complete. It's complete. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying is just like, you know, just because you have Christ doesn't mean you don't need scripture to combat anxious thoughts and worry, right? right? On the daily, I'm using that to combat anxious thoughts and worry. Um, But at the day of Christ, you know, like the Bible says, like, all that will be complete in the former, like the former things will pass away. I mean, praise God for that, that we're promised that. That's like just a huge thing that I hold fast to in my faith is that like, we don't fight in vain. Um, And the Lord says nothing that you can do in his name is in vain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Um, I'm going to transition into another, um, another thing that scripture links fear of God to, and you have a lot of wisdom. So I'm going to read, um, a little bit in Job, uh, Job 28, starting in verse 12, says, But where can wisdom be found? Where does understanding dwell? No mortal comprehends its worth. It cannot be found in the land of the living. The deep says, It is not in me. The sea says, It is not with me. It cannot be bought with the finest gold, nor can its price be weighed out in silver. And it goes on. Um, and then finally, at the very end of the chapter, it says, And he said to the human race, talking about God, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to shun evil is understanding. Um, Have you seen this link? We talked about there's a link between fear of um, what you fear and what you love. And now scripture also points to a link between fearing God and having wisdom, that being wise. So have um, have you seen that in your life or can you speak on that at all? Yeah, actually, um, I'm going to like, I can kind of speak on that personally, but I think what the word says is just a thousand times better. Yeah, go ahead. Um, like in all situations, like I just think the word, like the word speaks for itself um, in this sense. And so uh, the first thing I want to touch on is what Job 28 is really saying. And so at the beginning of the chapter, and if you have your Bible, I'd encourage you to take it out again and just like read through this. Um, and then like, you can make your own, like you can pray through it and like kind of make, seek some discernment on what you feel like this means as well. And you may or may not agree with me, but this is what I feel like the Lord kind of, um, walked me through while I was reading Job 28 in my own quiet time. And so at the beginning of chapter, it says, surely there's a mine for silver and a place for gold that they refine. Iron is taken out of the earth and copper is smelted from the ore. Man puts an end to darkness and searches out to the farthest limit, the ore in the gloom and deep darkness. And so the first thing I want to point out is that unlike the precious minerals and stones found in the earth is wisdom is not attained by any exertion of man. Um, Wisdom is a gift from God. And Mm -hmm. so you can't, if you're seeking the Lord in all your ways, he will make you wise. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're seeking man, like, you know, you might know a lot about the Bible, but there is no wisdom in the pursuit of man. You can get anxious and scrambled. You can get scrambled, (laughs) anxious. There's just, there's nothing like wisdom isn't fleeting. It, it is knowledge in action. Um, yeah. And so that's the first thing I want to point out is like, you cannot strive after me and, and then be made wise, even as a, even as a believer. Um, and I struggle with that all the time. Yeah. And so the next thing that I kind of wrote down while I was walking through this um, is wisdom is granted by the Lord to those pursue him as he calls us to. And so really just finding that hope and your identity in Christ and being pursuant of that. Like, that's why it says, take up your cross daily. It doesn't say just do it once. It says daily because the Lord knows that that is a battle for us. Um, And that's why I'm thankful for the fact that he also promises us a present hope in Christ. Because if that's on a daily basis, then man, I need that present hope in Christ on a daily basis to pick up my cross. Mm 
Um, the next thing kind of that I want to say about that is that uh, man, like he, what Job says here is says man puts an end to darkness and searches out to the farthest limit, the ore and the gloom and deep darkness. And that's that first Job 28, two um, through three. And so, and the, the word continues on and it just describes these great links man goes to, to attain treasures of the earth. I mm mean, -hmm. um, you know, we jump back to Matthew, which we mentioned earlier. It says lay up treasures for yourself in heaven. Um, and so a question that I was at, that I wrote down and asked myself um, out of this passage was like, do I seek wisdom, wisdom with persistence and perseverance or do I tire of pursuing the Lord? Mm -hmm. um, and so like, I would just say, ask yourself that question. Like if you feel tired and burnt out as a Christian, like you might be pursuing something that isn't the Lord mm -hmm. um, because he's, he's our sustainer. Like you can't really pursue the Lord and get tired of the Lord. Like, yeah, it's just not pot. Like, you know, that would be contradictory to what the Lord says about himself. Like he is our fulfillment and our satisfaction and to be satisfied is to lack nothing. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you're feeling like kind of down in the dumps or you're feeling burnout because you feel like man's opinions really just got you chained up, ask yourself if you're pursuing the Lord, like you should be and pray through that and seek some discernment on that. Yeah, that's good. And I, I want to go back to what you said about like it's talking about there in Job where um, they're seeking like treasures of the earth. You know, I think that especially in our generation, and it's probably been in every generation, but like fear of man pushes us to like, try to accumulate earthly wealth just to impress people that don't even really love us or care about us that much. Like I think about social media and all the things that we do to try to impress people, you know, like I think that um, this pursuit of like earthly wealth and earthly success in, in the fear of man, like fear of whether that's like fear of what your parents think, like fear of what your friends are going to think keeps people from, especially people who are might be wrestling with the call to ministry, because this was me for a while before I got into ministry. Um, like it kept me from surrendering to that because I was like, what if, what if I disappoint my parents? Mm -hmm. You know, what if I, what are my friends going to think if I don't use my engineering degree and like try to make money and stuff and yeah. pursue this earthly success? Like, what are people going to think of me? And I think that really holds a lot of people in bondage, specifically those who might be called the ministry, like, like I was. Um, but yeah, that's just something that, that made me think of. No, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think that's just, that keeps us from doing a lot of what we should be doing with our faith is um, just like, well, like, for example, like your engineering degree is a great one. Like that doesn't mean that didn't have its purpose. Right. Right. Like it didn't lack, like it lacks nothing in Christ. Like if everything is made complete in Christ, then you may not be using your engineering degree, but I guarantee you that will show up somewhere like down the road and it will have some benefit to you. Mm -hmm. um, even if it just allows you to relate to people who yeah. have studied that. You know, and down in Job 28, 21 through 22, and in this passage of scripture, it's talking about wisdom. It doesn't mention a name, but it says, it is hidden from the eyes of all living and concealed from the birds of the air. Abaddon and death say, we have heard a rumor of it with our ears. Um, and so just like reading that, like I remember first reading that and being like, what in the world? Like, what does this mean? Mm -hmm. um, and then taking some time to really just sit and think, and think about, okay, like this whole passage is, Job asking the Lord, like, where is wisdom? Like, what am I supposed to do in the middle of this, like, trial that you have ordained for me, God? Um, and, you know, 
Job was a man, like, you know, he was righteous before the Lord. But in, in this sense, like, he's asking where wisdom is because we as people, we make wisdom elusive with our own schemes and motives. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the Lord will not give us wisdom to serve our own personal desires. Like, that is just, if it's not serving the purpose of Christ, there's no wisdom in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what Job 21 through 22 is really saying. And then we jump back over into verses 24 through 27. Um, And I'm not going to read that whole like passage of scripture on its own, but I'll just kind of tell you what I got out of it is um, Job goes from asking where is wisdom? And then he talks about the board and he basically just lays out like God has the authority to provide counsel and wisdom Mm -hmm. in 24 through 27 because all things are under him. Um, And then he gets to the end and it says, and he said to man, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and turn away from evil, and to turn away from evil is understanding. Um, and if you substitute the word love in there, and I'll just read this if you can just like hear it out loud. Um, and it says, and he said to me, behold, the love of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to turn away from evil is understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to love the Lord is to be made wise. It's to be made wise of your identity in Christ. And then it's to be made wise of the fact that God has the authority to provide counsel and wisdom. And like jumping back to something we talked about earlier, it's like in tough scenarios, it's to give you the wisdom to navigate those and to glorify him. Because you can't glorify God on your own accord. Like you need the Holy Spirit and the wisdom of Christ and the peace of Christ to do that. Um, And that is why Job 28, like maybe one of my favorite, like out of the entire book of Job, uh, all 40 something chapters, like might be my favorite. Hmm. Yeah, that's that stuck out to me a couple of weeks ago when I was reading it. So that's cool. But that's your favorite. <laughs> um, and I think too, it's like, um, like going back to the time when I was trying to decide, you know, my future. Like, am I gonna obey the Lord and and go into ministry, or am I gonna go my own way out of fear of man? Um, really, it was the love of the Lord, the love of the things that He loved, that motivated me to make my decision. Yeah ultimately. And, um, I I think back to that time and I look at my life now and I would have just missed out on so much joy if I hadn't have surrendered to what he was calling me to do. Like this season has been the most joyous of my life, like completely. And it doesn't mean I have a lot of stuff. Like I, you don't make a lot of money as a campus missionary. (laughs) Um, in Proverbs, it says better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. And I say it because I found freedom in it. And I want other people to find freedom in in the fear of the Lord, in the love of the Lord, too. Like you just going back to like finding freedom in Christ from the bondage of the fear of man. Like that's how you find it is you fear the Lord. You, you place your fear in him and not in the fear of man. And you love the Lord more than yeah. you love being approved by man. Absolutely. So, um, you know, it's honestly just like you, when you guys sent me this topic, I was kind of like, man, the answer to that's like really simple. Yeah, it is. Um, and just like we complicate, like, you know, wisdom is elusive from us. And even though we're maybe knowledgeable of the fact that God loves us as Christians, like, you know, a lot of us are sleepy Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't wake up to the fact that, you know, if you love the Lord, if you love the Lord, there is action along with that. And so, if you have the knowledge that you are loved by Christ, and you know that you are your salvation and hope and future is secure in Christ, then I would encourage you to start praying and asking for wisdom on one how to overcome the trials set before you, um, for the Lord to make you wise in all your ways, 
Um, and then to just recognize that God has authority over all things. Um, and you know, that like, that may mean like the future doesn't look like you envisioned it. Right. But the future wasn't really yours in the first place. Right. Um, and that's such a hard thing for us as people to stomach. And, you know, just let that be your prayer is like, just Lord, my, my life is surrendered and show me what you want me to do and give me discernment in all my ways that I might glorify you. And, um, man, if you'll start praying that one, God is probably going to break your heart for the lost. Yeah. I can, I can promise you that, um, on the authority of scripture that he will break your heart for the lost. If you start praying that, mm-hmm. um, because it says the Lord's heart breaks for the lost and what breaks his heart should break ours. And that includes the lost in our own sin. Um, the second thing you're going to find yourself in some, uh, interesting situations and probably having some interesting conversations about what the Lord wants you to do with your life. Um, and that doesn't mean like a call to ministry. That might mean like you just start using what the, where the Lord has put you more intentionally for his glory. Yeah. Um, and so I can speak to that is, uh, I was given, I wrestled with what I was going to do in high school. I waited to make a decision on where I was going to college until I think the first week of May. Um, so, you know, for, the freshman listening to this, like if you're sitting there with your mouth gaping open, like that's like, oh my gosh, like I did not do that. Like I knew where I was going in like November <laughs> of before I graduated. Um, like just let that sink in. Like I didn't make a decision until May. Um, it's because I was stubborn, just calling myself out. I did not want to do what the Lord set before me. Um, I quite literally applied to other schools so I could give myself the option of not doing what the Lord had set before me. Um, and so like, so we like to create our own ways out as people sometimes, and you will find no joy in that. Um, and just to like kind of close that little chapter of my life, um, I was at, uh, I was in our senior play and I was sitting on the stage, um, just like really stressed out. Um, this is the first week of May, the week that I chose to come to UT um, and take a, and take a slot in Air Force ROTC here. Um, I was just sitting here and I was like, man, I don't know what to do. Mm. Like, first of all, that's a lie. I knew what I was supposed to do. <laughs> I'm you're like, I was lying to myself. Like, I don't know what to do. Like the Lord hadn't made it abundantly clear. Um, and so literally like, you know, either the Holy spirit or something like, some, like, I don't want to be like, it was the voice of the Lord because like, I don't know. Um, it might've been that it did not sound like rushing waters. So like, I don't want to like, I don't be like, it was the voice of God. And like, it not sound like what he says it sounds like. Um, but I just remember sitting there and being like, and hearing like, you know what you're supposed to do, do it. Yeah. Like you're going, like the words where you are going to UT and you're taking your scholarship with the Air Force ROTC <laughs> and you're there for one purpose and it's to glorify me. And that's the end of the story. Mm. Um, And like, verbatim like that that was that's what hit the forefront of my mind randomly on some friday afternoon sitting in my high school on the auditorium stage and i was just i remember getting up and walking behind the set and crying because oh. i was like i know that's what i was supposed to do you um, say it like that. but like you know <laughs> yeah, yeah it's kind of like i was kind of like i was a little hurt about it i was like i knew that and it's like well you needed to hit you needed to slap in the face like you needed yeah. to wake up yeah um, and be faithful to your calling. And, you know, um, I didn't know why the Lord wanted me in the air force. Um, I remember being, I went to ETSU's BCM and visited a good friend of mine up there. Um, uh, gosh, actually I went with her, um, to visit ETSU's BCM and one of the interns there at the time, they asked me, they were like, so what are you doing with air force ROC? And it's the first time someone had asked me that. 
Mm-hmm. As a spring semester freshman, like I know what's up. Like you know, like I'm sure I got my life figured out as a spring semester freshman. Like, yeah, absolutely not. No <laughs> way. Um, and I just remember the only thing that I could think of, and the answer that I gave him was, "I'm an Air Force ROTC to glorify the Lord," and that's the end of the story. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and so like that is my that is that answer has not changed. Like there is not like I'm an Air Force ROTC ROTC to be at this base to do this assignment to do X Y and Z things. Like no, I'm a Christian in the Air Force. And just like a Christian anywhere in the world, our purpose is the same, and that is to bring glory and honor to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for listening to BCM in the AM. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you're a college student at UT and want to get involved with our ministry, we're located at 1811 Melrose Avenue, and we would love to meet you.